Hello, everybody. This is episode 40 of All About the Birds. Johnny Oleka with Jeff Warner, and we're joined by Scotty Talks Philly Sports to break down, you know, that dismal Eagles week one, you know, losing to Washington 27-17, on 0-1 on the season. And there's just a, there's a lot to talk about and to break down here on kind of what went wrong, uh, especially starting out 17 nothing, and then basically falling from there. And Jeff, I know I heard you and Phil um, talking after the game. The one main thing is the offensive line, and that just it, it, it's going to get Carson killed. And we've we've talked about the depth um, on this show, but he's going to get absolutely killed. And it showed eight sacks, eight sacks. Well, well, yeah, and that's the most ever Carson has been sacked in his entire career. So I would say we knew how dominant I would say the the pass rush from the Washington football team was going to be, especially adding a tremendous talent with first round pick Chase Young. But the Eagles had no answer for their pass rush, and I would say a lot of it. I would say which me and Phil discuss in the post game show. A lot of the I know everyone's trying to throw blame at Carson Wentz, and um, we're not defending Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, he started off hot. It was Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It was a tail two halves for the Philadelphia Eagles. I would say he started off strong, and then just something happened where there was a big momentum shift, and he just played abysmal. But honestly, a lot of the blame you have to post on Doug Peterson. I'll say Doug Peterson, a guy that I would say I felt got outcoached in this football game. I'll say you look at Ron Rivera, the first time he's coaching with the Washington Redskins, uh, he's a great defensive mind. Him and Jack Del Rio working very well together. They get their team back in, back in the thick of things, and they were able to come uh, figure things out on the fly. They were down 17-0, remember? I would say they were down 17-0 in the first half. They allowed, I think, the first three possessions for the Eagles to score, and they came they came up with the much-needed uh, much-needed much uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, Momentum turner. Well, basically. That, yeah, I'll say yeah. they 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 had they had a much yeah much needed momentum turner and uh, adjustments. That's the word I'll say. They came up with the much needed adjustments in game, which Doug didn't do. I'll say offensively, they couldn't get anything in any type of sync after those after that first quarter and a half, almost two quarters after Carson threw that interception. Uh, they couldn't get, establish anything on the run, and I'll say that was a big thing in this game. We were talking about I'll say. How much of a loss would it be if Miles Sanders was ever hurt for a game? And could they rely on the run game with Boston uh, Boston Scott and Corey Clement? And they showed today they could not do that. And the one thing that Doug Peterson did a lot of today uh, was the, with his play call, he did a lot of play-action fakes, which a defense is not going to fall for if they do not fear that you're going to have any type of rushing attack. So I'll say that that's I'll say I know there's a lot of blame to go around and I'm not putting all on Dougie P, but I feel his in-game adjustments were not there, and that's ultimately I felt what cost them along with the offensive line protection. Because if you know that your offensive line is struggling, you would think that he would come with some type of package or uh, get some type of help with his offense for his offensive line, either chip at the running back with the running back or get some protection help from a tight end or something that will protect them from Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan, which they did not do. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jeff. A lot of it falls on the coaching. Obviously, Carson did not play as even close to his best football. One of his worst games, honestly, um, as far as, you know, just recklessness. Um, the, the problem is, you know, he's back there. Like you said, he, he got sacked eight times. That's the most in his career. Um, he's looking at these guys that are blocking for him, and these are none of the guys that he's ever played with. Um, you guys have seen his stats when he plays without Lane Johnson, and that's just, I mean, that's just a whole other story Nine and 12. Um, as far as that. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I mean, he, he does not like playing without Lane Johnson. That's similar to Zach Ertz, that security blanket. And uh, that's another thing. You know, they, Zach Ertz gets that, that first touchdown, and he's basically phased out of the game. I don't know how that worked, if that's play calling. He you know, I don't know where he's at as far on the list of Carson's reads. He just looked. He, um, he, he looked out of it. And I'll say, and yeah, he looked out of scene. And a lot of that, again, I like again with Dougie P. I'll say I kind of felt they were trying to hit the home run way too much in that game, especially when they got up pretty big pretty early instead of trying to rely on the run game at least attempt the run game i think they had 17 rushes compared to 43 passes so it was completely an unbalanced offensive attack which couldn't get them in any type of offensive rhythm but uh, i would say the, the routes that those wide receivers were running i just felt he was trying to in, unlike the first two drives the first two drives they were picking away, chipping away, uh, moving down the field, getting some type of rhythm, picking up first down after first down. Granted, he was, I think out of the first 15 plays, it was 12 passes to three runs, so he was still on balance, and I would say, I think Dougie P was sort of getting an Andy Reid mentality where he sees it working and doesn't want to adjust it. He, in his eyes, if it's not broken, why fix it? But then I would say once the defense, uh, Washington defense figured it out, he didn't adjust. And I'll say, they, they, and they weren't getting Ertz and Goddard, well, they didn't get Ertz involved too much. Goddard was still picking things up throughout the game, but, yeah. But, no, the, the, the big thing, like, early in the game was a lot of crossing routes and a lot of, you know, he had the one long deep ball to uh, Rager. Which was his only catch down. of the game. Exactly. And, and the, the other thing was, those two interceptions, the routes that those receivers ran, they kind of stopped flat-footed and didn't, attack kind of I know they, they weren't the greatest throws it was kind of on both it was on Wentz too Wentz that, those are bad those are bad coverages but, I'll say the, 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 the defender was step for step with the receiver Hightower needs to do a better job of fighting for that ball though so I understand yeah, where it wasn't Hightower's, that was a little bit worse and I think Wentz is also used to playing you know throwing the guys like Ertz and Alshon who can kind of use their body to get those catches where these are you know these are rookie receivers they're not they didn't get any preseason games. They don't have any of that, you know, footwork, that sink, that chemistry with Wentz. So that's kind of what I saw on that. Obviously not very good throws by Wentz. I think the Rieger one was was completely Wentz's fault. Yeah, totally. Um, but Hightower, I thought he could have fought for that ball a little bit more. But, you know, that's just – they're not – They're He's not a rookie. You know, clicking say, just, yeah, give it a couple games, you know, yeah. but – that and the, the the chemistry with the young receivers. He besides the Rager, besides the Rager deep bomb, uh, they're really. I just felt like he didn't have a lot of sync. He was overthrowing receivers, and I'll say yeah, I think that's where we're missing training. Uh, I'll say we're missing preseason. I'll say yeah, training. And the thing is, go ahead, Johnny. And the thing is, Deshaun, you know, moving his shoulder is like, is he hurt? He's not in the game. He's in the right. game here. It just yeah. didn't seem like he was a hundred percent and fully. Like there, I don't, I don't know. I understand he may have, may have gone hurt. And Ward was, I know Ward had a couple, you know, end of the game catches, but you know he, it's he's not going to be relied on to be your number one. That's not what he's there for. And my my biggest question mark was, you know, when Jack, Jack Driscoll goes out of the game, where's Matt Pryor? You have yeah. him lining up all over in practice. He's playing guard. Yeah. He's playing tackle. You're talking so highly of him, and you don't even use him. So, and all of a sudden, Herbig is starting over. You know what I mean? Like at the right guard. So that, who, I mean, that one caught me off guard. Who Herbig, I understand he's big and he's their backup center too and everything. He didn't look that great. He's a big body. But there was a couple where he missed blatantly and it got in Wentz's face. And Wentz started. And the other thing is, 
when Wentz gets the pressure, he has to learn how to throw the ball away. And this yeah. is, I understand the offensive line's not protecting, and you, and you, you can't say, oh, well, he's trying to make a play. You can't make a play out of everything, and that's what he's well, trying to do. You can't yeah. throw the ball away. Like, like, like that one, that one that Jake Elliott missed, fifty-three yard field goal. Yeah. You get, you don't take that sack. He makes that field goal. It's, a, it, you still, you still may lose the game, but still, it's a key play that a lot of people don't think about. Those sacks you can't be taking. Well, I'll say, say, like I wrote, I'll say, Carson has all the amount of heart in the world, and I I respect that. But I'll say he needs to learn to live, he needs to learn to play the mentality of live to see another down, which uh, he he wasn't doing this game. And I'll say one thing Phil did bring up, which we didn't see, I would say we didn't see at all in this game. I'll say normally uh, Wentz is a type of guy, I'll say when he sees protection break down and sees no options open, especially in that fourth and three play, he had an open lane. He could have picked up that first down on his own if he ran as fast as he could to pick up that uh, pick up those three yards we didn't see a lot of that from that from Wentz so I don't know if he's we're seeing a new more cautious Wentz a little bit or he was told by Peterson uh like to play don't play dumb or don't put yourself out there to risk injury because of his durability issues but I'll say Wentz I'll say again I'm not trying to put all the blame on him because he did a heck of a first half uh but once I felt he lost his confidence, and I felt he was rattled a little bit. He realized he wasn't yeah. he wasn't gonna ha- he wasn't having the protection up front. He was forcing throws. He was had no he wasn't in sync with his receivers. Like that one deep route they did to Deshaun, uh, I think in the late second or early third quarter, uh, they threw he threw it deep, and Deshaun went in where Wentz went outside towards the sideline. Yep. So there, there's some type of commu- miscommunication between Wentz's his receivers and the routes. Uh, so whether it's the receivers or Wentz misreading things. Things, but I would say it was it was a tale of two halves for Carson Wentz. I would say he played like the MVP caliber player that we thought he could play uh, be uh, be uh, in the first half, and then all of a sudden that interception right before halftime, and it just went all downhill. So I don't know if he just lost his confidence or or what, or he was just rattled from getting hit as much as he was, which it's it's gonna be a dire problem. I would say they face Aaron Donald next week. They gave up eight sacks this week. They could be giving he Aaron Donald could have eight sacks by himself next week because it was kind of I understand we're talking about the right. <laughs> up against Nate Herbig. Yeah, I was, yeah. We're, we're talking. About, we're talking about the right side of the line. I would say I understand Lane Johnson wasn't there and Herbig. I would say he, I think he's never had a snap in the NFL in, in his career. But Jason Kelsey also struggled a little bit. I kind of I, there's miscommunication between Kelsey and that right side of the line when it comes to to their protections because there was too many times there was a free blitzer or a free pass rusher right up the middle where Wentz had no time to deliver the football, which is another reason why I, Doug Peterson needs to fi- figure out a way to adjust his game plan you didn't see a lot of the dump screens uh every now and then and once once washington bottled it up he completely went from the screen game you didn't see the short patterns you didn't see the the curl routes or the slant routes besides those first couple drives so i don't know i just kind of felt that dougie p was trying to hit the home run way too much and i was they have a lot of speed but no run game, and all you're going to do is throw the deep ball, it's not going to pan out. And I'll say, it, unfortunately, they lost to an inferior opponent. This was a game they were supposed to win on paper going into this game. We all felt that the Eagles are a better football team than Washington. And they honestly made Dwayne Haskins look pretty decent in that second half. They were picking apart that defense. And I know people want to put some play, play, uh, blame on the defense because technically they did give up 27 points. But that offense put them in horrible situations time in and time out. Th- uh, thanks to Carson Wentz interceptions. 
and also uh, just three and outs. I would say that second half, they were I would say they were deep in their territory, and they just gave Washington short field way too many times. That muff punt, whether it was deflected or not, I think I read a stat on uh, Twitter from uh, Elliot Shore Parks that the Eagles defense didn't give up a draw a scoring drive more than 50 yards this uh, this game. Which I would say, if you tell me that stat before I find out the score, you think that the Eagles win this football game, which it wasn't the case. And 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 then and right. the big thing is they gave Washington so many short fields with those turnovers, whether it was the two interceptions, even now the fumble at the end of the game was big because of them trying to draw, trying to get down and trying to get closer in the game. But that was another thing with, with Wentz was he had those two fumbles. The one fumble uh, was recovered by Kelsey, but it's just, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know if they're going to have Cordy Glenn on speed dial. I'm not saying that's a huge upgrade. I don't know if they will. He struggled the last couple of seasons. Can he play guard? I'll say because honestly, if Lane comes back, Lane's your right tackle. They're keeping JP oh, at left tackle. So unless I would say they feel Cordy Glenn can play right guard pretty efficiently and pick up the game plan and the playbook pretty quickly, I think they go with what they have. And honestly, this depth issue it all relies on Howie. Howie did. I would say we. I would say we kept on talking into this offseason the the unanswered questions and the concerns when it comes to the uh, the depth of the offensive line and the linebacking position. Linebacking position actually played pretty well today, but the offensive line, I would say they're going to be in a world of hurt over the course of the season, especially if they keep on having the amount of injuries that they have. They lost Vinnie Curry today. Uh, Brandon Graham had a head injury. Uh, Boston Scott went into uh, the locker room, so they already played with a crap load of injuries before this game, and now after this game, they have a a buttload of injuries. So, I would say that's the one thing Howie kind of screwed up, screwed the pooch this offseason, is that they felt that they brought in enough players. They, They always like versatile players, which is great. But if you don't have the depth on key positions and positions that you're constantly getting injured at, you, I was, he he needs to do a better job at that. And I'll say, and who knows sure. the power struggle is. I'll say with the report coming out this week with uh, Jeff McLean saying there's a power struggle between Howie Roseman and and Doug Peterson. Maybe there is. Look look at the personnel that Howie Roseman brought in here. I would say this ain't a winning football team. I would say they're a decent football team on paper, probably a playoff team like we dis- discussed before. But after today, unless they catch lightning in a bottle, they are not a Super Bowl contender in my eyes. Yeah. It's, it's, and, uh, well, go ahead. All right, Scotty. Oh, well, what I was just going to say is what, from what I was watching today, um, something that's kind of blurred in the lines of, for me is how much – decision making does Carson Wentz get to get to make as far as running this offense because like you guys have said they they fell in love with the deep ball and I don't know if that was Wentz if that was Doug Peterson but you even saw at the end of the half Doug's calling like timeouts with 40 seconds left just to get you know two deep shots to Rager and and Jackson and it's just like you know you're up you 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 just had what a, a turnover so, like, why are we doing this and forcing the issue? Why are we not protecting the ball, running the ball? Why not just go into the half? Well, and I didn't understand that. And on first down, he almost threw another interception. There was miscommunication exactly, yeah. with, with him, I think, we got lucky and, with and, that. and with Deshaun. And there was almost another interception to put Washington in their short field before half, which I said the same thing. And some people criticized my tweet saying, well, if he wasn't aggressive, then I would say then you'd be cr- criticizing Doug Peterson in that situation, too. I understand. I would say... One deep ball. It's a lose-lose situation. Well, say one. Not aggressive. 
Well, I'll say one so, deep, one deep ball. Okay, if it doesn't work, go into the half. You tried, you tried to be aggressive. Run it, run it, run the clock. But they ran three straight pass plays. Luckily, they ran out enough time where Washington didn't have a real shot to try to drive down the field. But yeah, like, like Johnston's on the ball sixty yards. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but but like but like I said, I'll say they throw three straight passes, three and out. Washington still has three timeouts at that point. If there's enough time on that clock, they can try to drive down the field. They maybe try to get a field goal before half, and we're. I would say, who knows what could have happened? I would say, then they're only down 17 to 10 at halftime. Granted, it really didn't matter. The Eagles ended up allowing 24 unanswered points, which is a complete disaster, I would say, from an offensive standpoint. From a, And that's one of the things. I would say, we're talking, going to this year and throughout this season, the, the, the offense is the key for our success. If our offense doesn't pick things up and they're not in sync... It's going to be a long year for us. We're not going to be able to compete with the juggernauts of the NFL or get into these shootouts if our defense falls apart. Honestly, our defense played pretty well. Besides, uh, in the fourth quarter, a little bit, I would say getting off the football field. There was plenty of times on third and third down. Well, yeah, because because yeah, because the offense the offense kept on having three and outs, and they were kept on and they kept on putting themselves in bad situations with third and longs, which and some of those play calls. It, 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 overall, it was a complete disaster. It was a complete team loss. I would say there's plenty of blame to go around. Like I said, oh, absolutely. So that's my. I mean, that third and three at the end of the game. You know, third and three, and you take a deep shot to Deshaun Jackson. The game is on the line. I, I don't understand that. And then now you're relying on fourth and three, and you see what happens when Ertz drops the pass. So yeah, why why a deep shot on third and three with the game on the line? That just shows you how in love they were with it. 17 runs total today. Nine carries for Boston Scott was the high mark as far as carries. And, and, like, and, 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 and that was, was a bad like offensive line. Yeah, and the thing is, it wasn't like they weren't running really terribly because uh, their, run, their run defense, I understand it wasn't great, but their run defense only gave up 2.2 yards. They had, I think, 3. Point, was it 3.4, 3.5 yards per carry. It wasn't yeah. great. But, like, on that third and three, why not run up the middle for a couple yards or do whatever you got to do? Keep them honest. And, and, and the, the other thing that doesn't that I don't get is Washington's playing so close, reading those short routes, those comebacks, super hard. Why not even try a double a double move once? I understand the offensive line wasn't the greatest, but if you chip in the ends to try and run a double move and just toss it deep. Well, they they they, they, they what's his name tried chipping the end and he completely let him blow past in that one big sack on Carson Wentz. There there was just, there, there, there was just no great protection up front. What's that? It shows you missing Miles Sanders because he can he can they didn't have a running back to pick no. up the blitz. Well, especially when Boston yeah. Scott was lost, I'll say uh, late or early in the second half. So I'll well, say they they had to rely on Clement and uh, what's his name uh, that they just got from the Lions, but. I'll say I'll say I know we're talking about a lot of negatives, but I'll say I want to bring up a couple positives that I'll say from the, from this yeah. game, and I'll say the one bright spot I'll say which we didn't weren't uh, we didn't get to see last season because he got hurt in the first game of the year, but Malik Jackson I'll say especially early on had a tremendous football game. I'll say he was able to get uh, yeah. pre- he was able to get pressure on Haskins numerous times. He had a big third down stop. Just think what this defensive line is going to be with I'll say they don't even have Hargrave right now. Who knows when he's going to be able to come right. back? But I'll say the, the yeah. depth that we have along this defensive line I would say the pressure they were getting on Haskins early and the, the trouble they were putting him in I would say it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a force to reckon with and I would say that, that they made our secondary look good I, I know the the secondary had that big blown coverage in the back of the end zone I think right before halftime which there was miscommunication whether it was the linebacker the safety whatever the hell happened there but I'll say the one bright side I do want to say is especially our defensive front and Malik Jackson because they were they were a force 
even a guy like Josh Sweat had that nice move, and he was yeah. involved in the game, and he played really he well. Nice the thing is, if he keeps showing you something, there, next year there may not be a spot for Derek Barnett. I know, we, right. I know we're trying to talk positives, but, you know, Josh Sweat can show you something to be somewhat of a uh, capable starter because you're going to need that. What do you have after, you know, Brandon Graham's getting up there in age? For him to show that and show a little bit of some promise, you know, was – was really good to see. Plus, like, like Jeff said earlier, the linebackers, Duke Riley making some plays, uh, but, Nate Gary making a few plays. Yeah, the, 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 it was all over the, the only play, the only play on Gary, and I would say I don't know if it was his fault or not, but Jim Schwartz has to do a better job of designing his game plan to try to contain these mobile quarterbacks. There was that yeah. one big, I think, yeah. third and eight play where I would say they, I would say we're watching. Well, so yeah, he rolled out of the pocket and picked up the first down. And Gary was there, but I would say he, he's not quick enough to keep up with Haskins. So I, I understand. I would say they need to figure some type of spy situation or if it's third and long. Someone to, uh, key, the key on the mobile quarterback, which they were doing on Wentz. There was plenty of times, which I would say this just shows how bad the offensive was playing. That the fact that the D, uh, the uh, Washington was bringing only a three-man rush numerous times and having someone spy Carson Wentz, and they were still collapsing the pocket on Carson. <laughs> it's it's going to be a long season. They, they, they need to get something to pick this offensive line yeah. front. I would say, like we said, you're going to win and lose in the battle. The old saying goes, you win and lose in the battle of the trenches. And the Eagles got exactly. dominated up front by the front seven, the Washington football team. Uh, and I would say it was Kerrigan. It was Chase Young. It was uh, the interior linemen, the linebackers. The, Ioannidis. Yeah, yeah, they were all over the place. And, and I would say to bring up the point with the whole running game, I, I would say I kind of felt that Dougie P got in the sink and – of and Andy Reid, where if it's not working, he abandons the run game. And I would say, yeah, that's they, what it reminded me of. I'll say because I'll say they were trying to run the ball a little bit earlier on, but it, it wasn't effective. And I'll say because at one point I think they were only averaging like two point two yards a carry, even in the when they were winning uh, in early in the first half, and they weren't able to establish any type of rhythm in the run game. And a lot of that's because the offensive line. They are extremely missing uh, Lane Johnson at that right side for the amount of times they were trying to run out. Outside uh, the outside runs, and they're missing Miles Sanders. I'm Boston Scott and Corey Clement are decent running backs, but they're not going to be the guys that can carry the workload. Yeah, they, don't, they don't have no. the elusiveness or speed that and the vision that Miles Sanders has. And unfortunately, him losing or not playing today's game really hurts my chance of my bull prediction of uh, of him getting two thousand <laughs> yards this year. Yeah. And, the, and the, the other thing, another positive, I'm going to try and give a little bit of a positive spin is, you know. It's, it's a crucial part of the game, but their Eagles special teams unit, it's an elite special teams unit. They're like yeah. the punt returns and They're the great unit and, you know, Rudy Ford down there and our, our boy Craig James down there. And they're just – it's just the, the way that they were um, able to just not get give any yards. But, again, that's, that's Cam Johnson with the 60-yard punts that he was that he was putting up there. Um, so that's, yeah. if, that's it, like say something he... – Positive spin. Yeah, they 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 definitely in that aspect when it came to special teams, they won the battlefield position there. It was just it was just the offense typically, I would say with those short fields with the turnovers and I would say getting pinned deep themselves. That Johnson Johnson only can do so much. He only can kick the ball so far. So I would say the special teams played pretty well today, which was a probably the only one of the few bright spots in today's game. It, it's it's just disgusting and it's it's just upsetting <laughs> yeah. that I'll say especially when you're up when you're up seventeen nothing yeah and you have everything going the funny thing is those those first couple drives it looked like the twenty seventeen Eagles 
And then and then the rest of the game it looked like the yeah, the twenty the twenty the 2019 Eagles showed up again. Yeah. We can't do and we really got anything. the fast start. Yeah, that, that was one that was one of the keys to the game on Wednesday. I'll say the Eagles need to get to yeah. a fast start because the last year I think in the first quarter I said they averaged four point four points per uh per game in the in the first quarter. And they were like three and six in games that they were losing at halftime and I think six and two in games they were leading at halftime. So it, it, it's it's just upsetting, especially to an inferior opponent like Washington. I know you play I'll say you have to play the game, I'll say you can do the whole paper ballots and who's who's the better team on paper, but ultimately it's to go out there and execute and play the game. And unfortunately, the Eagles did not play four yeah. quarters of football, which is something they're going to have to do because uh, their their stretch of schedule the next couple couple weeks is pretty difficult. Right now, I'll say they face and I mean they face LA next week with Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, and them. They're playing pretty well right now uh, against the Cowboys. I don't know what the score is, but last time I saw Jared Goff had an impressive first drive against the Dallas defense. I mean, and, and and just looking at the two teams today, you know, between the, the Washington football team and the Eagles, you have to look at it and be like, well, which team looks like they have their identity solidified? Because Washington looked like a Ron Rivera coach team. Yeah. He, he, he played a hard defense. He had a ferocious defensive line front seven. And they controlled the game with that defensive line. You know, from midway through the second quarter and on, they controlled that entire game. Um, and they and they took advantage of turnovers. That's literally a Ron Rivera coach team, and he 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 just imprinted his his coaching style in that team, and you can see it. Um, I do have two bright spots myself. Uh, obviously, Dallas Goddard was one of the few bright spots on the entire Fancy offense. Tight end, I got him. Definitely. Yeah, I got him in a couple of my leagues as well. Um, also, I did like what I uh, for the most part I liked what I saw from Slay. Um, they, you know, you didn't hear much from him but that's a good thing when you're talking about a cornerback yeah. uh terry mclaurin didn't have you know the world beater games that he was having last year at least yeah. and uh yeah, yeah. so I, I thought that was a good game uh for slay to get implemented in the defense and you know just he didn't get toasted so that's that's always a good thing yeah. we're, something we're not used to yeah mclaurin had five <laughs> catches for 61 yards with a long of 21 he was targeted seven times uh so i would say he he had a decent game i'll say i do remember he did pick up a couple of those big uh third downs on a couple Key of those ones, yeah. yeah on a couple of those drives which they couldn't stop uh but i'll say on the opposite side i'll say there's one one name that we didn't hear from was jj ortega whiteside uh the fact that, just gonna bring him up i'll say the fact that <laughs> i'll say he's your second round pick he's now in the second year's league, this is a big season for him. And I don't even think Carson targeted him once in this football game. And he, I, I really saw him on the field. A lot of times you saw the two tight ends with Goddard and uh, Goddard and Ertz, Rager and Jackson, and Hightower was in there, I think, more than J.J. Yeah. most of this game. So, And Greg Ward, of course, had a uh, couple catches as well, five catches for 31 yards. So the fact that J.J. is your fourth or fifth receiver right now, that's not too promising for a second-round pick that you uh, drafted uh, last se- last year. It's especially when DK Metcalf is going off scoring touchdowns for <laughs> yeah. Seattle. And also, at the I think it was towards the end of the game, I think Nelson Aguilar had a nice touchdown yeah. catch for the Las Vegas for the Raiders. Raiders. So kicking ourselves you know, in the foot. Yeah. I, I only saw JJ in there maybe one play one or two plays. I saw I like with my own eyes saw him on the field, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um how do you guys feel about this Earth situation? Um <laughs> How ugly do you think it could get? Do you think it's going to get solved soon? I mean, because it's it's very public and it's very ugly. And uh, even today, you notice that why why is Ertz not getting targets? Usually there's plays that are specifically designed for Ertz. You know what I mean? He kills the the Washington team. Uh, So 
how do you guys feel about that with, with that whole situation? You know, with uh, the, the tough part about it is you hear about his outbursts with uh, Howie Roseman. Uh, yeah. I guess multiple players heard it, you know, animated Howie Roseman going back and forth, which isn't a good thing. Plus, no. you know, he just looked just befuddled on the sideline. Just, just He just didn't look like his joyous self. Like after the touchdown, didn't really – I don't, I don't know. It just, I'm not saying I, I love Ertz as a player, but it, it's got to a point where. I don't think know, it's going to get resolved. No, at, at least this year, the, the Eagles are typically a type of team. I'll say there's difference between there's, there's difference between reports of people saying like if it's somehow McLean or one of the beat reporters get a story and they report it, but the fact that Ertz came out on his own to the media. I would say, and said that he's frustrated with the Eagles brass uh, with their contract uh, negotiations. It, he's not gonna. He's not gonna end up winning this battle. But honestly, I don't see the Eagles doing anything much with him. They're gonna let him play out his contract at least this year, and maybe try moving him in the off season because he's too much of a valuable asset for this offense, especially with the unknowns with the with the wide receiving core right now. Say the wide receiving core. Besides Rager, only had that one big catch for 55 yards. Besides that, he was non-existent. Deshaun Jackson was in and out with injuries. Greg Ward was your leading reception receiver among your wide receivers with five receptions for 31 yards, but it felt like it was mostly in garbage time or like when they were already pretty much out of it besides I think the one big third down he had when uh, when Carson rolled out the void pressure. So with Ertz and Goddard right now, they're, 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 those are your main two weapons right now for Carson Wentz. Yeah, especially with Miles out. I would say you have no run game. You, I would say it's going to rely a lot on Carson Wentz in this passing game, and I don't see them moving on from two of their, uh, from either one of their big targets with Goddard or Ertz. But I, maybe, maybe they, they, they might have to make him happy because otherwise it's going to be a lingering issue all uh, all season long. It's going to be asked every single week. And, I mean, this could get incredibly ugly. Was, was, was Les Bowen <laughs> tweeted out? That you know the Eagles Zoom calls did not include Zach Ertz, especially after a pivotal, well, a pivotal that, drop and everything. And well, that's the difficult part with I say when it comes to the Zoom calls. Before I say after pre, uh, after post game press conference, it was only typically only the coach and the quarterback, or if the quarterback got hurt or something like that, they would pick one other pivotal player from uh, the defense or the offense, and the rest of the players you have to go in the locker room. So with COVID right now, with no players or with no media allowed in the locker room, it's very difficult to talk to a lot of these guys. So I'll say it. It was kind of a little bit of shock when I heard that that Ertz wasn't one of the big names, especially since they asked Jason Kelsey or Jason Kelsey to do one. I think Jalen Mills from the defense, but I wouldn't buy too much into that because I was saying you only can have so many press conferences. It sucks that like he's not talking, but he, he's going to talk this week and they'll probably ask him about things or whatever. But I don't know. I know one of our followers on our post game show with Phil, myself and Phil did say that they feel that that drop, I'll say, was mentally because of this whole. It was a, because of this whole distraction with his contract, which I don't buy that too much into it. He still wants to go out there and perform. He still, if he, if he, yeah. I would say, he still wants to catch that ball and show, hey, I'm a reliable target. I deserve that money. He's not gonna go out there and purposely drop the pass. And honestly, on that, on that fourth, wow. on that fourth town play, the protect. If you watch that play again, the protection broke down way too quickly. And I'll say, Ertz are and uh, and. Uh, Wentz, I felt, rushed the throw a little bit, and uh, Ertz wasn't expecting the pass yet. Uh, so you can tell he wasn't—he was still running his route, or he wasn't expecting the pass to be thrown to him. And I don't know if he just wasn't paying attention, or once again, it's communication and the chemistry with between Wentz and his weapons. And I'll say that that just wasn't there today. And you know, the the other thing, um, I just want to let all the listeners know, you can listen to Jeff and Phil 
um, on the post game live. It is on the uh, Twitter page, the YouTube page, and the Facebook page uh, to get uh, NAATbirds.com as well. NAATbirds.com. But you know, the, I don't. I just don't know the the whole Ertz and you know Carson. They're usually so in sync and just I don't know. Ertz just seemed like he was a little distant. It could have just been because you know the way he dropped because he was really. You know, anytime he drops a ball and it's fourth down, he gets real down and everything. Which is a lot of players. So there's a lot of drop passes today. And yeah, very Hightower cr- had a couple. Yeah, crucial yeah. drop passes. But yeah, Hightower. Hightower. We were talking all see all camp. We were hearing from beat reporters how great of a camp he was. He was making all these tremendous catches. He go goes out there in his first NFL game. He doesn't fight for a ball on an interception, and he had a couple key drop passes on I think well, on second or third down that would have been first downs. He got a penalty on the one drop. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he didn't he didn't perform very well, and you know hopefully things change next week. Um, All about the birds is going to be live uh, for their uh, on Wednesday talking about breaking down the Rams. Uh, going to have Craig James on to talk a little bit about that. But um, you know we want to thank everyone for listening, and you can follow uh, Scotty at Scotty Drown. You can follow him also his. Um, Philly uh, show at ST Philly Sports One, and, and he's Phil is on that one. And I would say, so, you re- did you reach the 125 uh, subscribers yet? Not yet. So, so we still got uh, time for that. So I'll say, Scotty is so giving away a Darius Slay jersey uh, for to, uh, once he reaches 125 subscribers on his YouTube channel. So make sure to give that a follow. You could win yourself a Darius Slay jersey from Fanatics.com. And you can follow go. All About the Birds at AAT Birds. You can follow uh, Jeff at Jeff Warner NFL. You can follow Phil at Beard of Knowledge. You can follow myself at Johnny U nine three two two. And I want to thank Scotty for coming on with us, and thank Jeff uh, for coming on. And you know the way we always end the show: Go Birds! Go Birds! Thank you guys for having me on. Go Birds! We'll turn it around, man. Definitely. Get out there.